0: Every man, woman, and child alive should see the desert one time before they die. Nothing at all for miles around. Nothing but sand and rocks and cactus and blue sky. Not a soul in sight. No sirens. No car alarms. Nobody honking at you. No madmen cursing or pissing on the streets. You find the silence out there. You find the peace. You can find God.
1: people out there. Welcome to another episode of Black and White Reviews. My name is Will. And my name is Chuck. And this week we are going to be discussing the 2002 film, The 25th Hour, directed by Spike Lee, starring Edward Norton, Rosaria Dawson, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Barry Piper, and Pat Quinn. And I cannot go through this without mentioning Brian Cox because of reasons we'll get to later.
0: So, we were supposed to did do you this say, movie. Did you say 2002? 2002. I did not realize this movie was that old. Oh, yeah. This movie stands the test of time. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. Wow. I was thinking 2012, not 02. Oh, no. 2002. Wow. Yep. I remember this movie
1: when it came out. I think I saw this in the theater, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, this is my first time seeing it and yeah. we were yeah we were supposed yeah, to do this a few weeks conversation ago about it and I loved it. <laughs> we were we were supposed to do this movie a few weeks ago but things happened and I had to be at work and then it just kind of got away and this is a night where Lee isn't joining us so we're going to go back and revisit this one and talk about it uh at length. Um yeah, I'm just going to go straight to you, tell me your
0: opening thoughts about this. Uh I can't say m- I c- <laughs> There's not really any movie out there where I can look at Edward Norton and say, awful job. Not at all. Not he at all. Is, I, I think that I I think that he is a better actor than history has given him credit for. I, I think that he he could have been in so many bigger movies than he yeah. was in. Yeah. Um like American History X is like, another one.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. That movie
0: is Fantastic. Um, Barry Pepper. He's, he's, he is a one he's okay. role actor. He's okay. <laughs> he's a one role actor. He's always Italian Mafia. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. Always. <laughs> I agree. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Rip, you know, um, yeah. you know, go and rest in peace. Um, always a fantastic actor. He's. He, And then you have Rosario Dawson. Let me tell you, aside from Men in Black 2, which. eh, eh, Love love it or hate it, it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, she wasn't the best in that. No. Crazy thing is, this movie came out the same year. As Men in Black in Black 2. Yeah. What a difference. And she crushed it in this. She crushed it. Wow. She crushed it in this whereas in men in black 2 it was like a totally different actress. Um Anna Paquin? What? What? I know. Okay. Okay. When I was introduced to Anna Paquin, it was it was X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Around the same time frame as this again. But X the original X-Men was what? 99?
1: 98-99, somewhere in there. Something like
0: that. Something like so, that in the same time frame so you see anna paquin in x-men then you see her in this and you're like oh my what a different actress she played a much more mature role in this not intelligence wise and not Mm. emotional just physically she was
1: like her performance in this is bar none her performance in this movie is amazing
0: it was not what I was expecting from her.
1: Not at all. Not at all. Because when you think rogue, it's like, okay, rogue, sure. But yeah. this, completely different, completely different character. Didn't I see like, this coming. I mean, especially after something like 99 X-Men, to say Anna yeah. Paquin is going to be in this movie and she's going to play
0: a role like this. We'll, we'll get into it. What? <laughs> I was expect. I was honestly, by the end of the film, I was expecting something to happen. And I was thoroughly shocked that nothing did. Yes, Like the way that it, the way that that whole relationship ends, I was like, <laughs> I was taken aback by it. But what I appreciated with the writing, cause this is a Spike Lee film, right? If I yes. Correctly? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This guy is, let me tell you. Talk about abruptly ending a scene and letting your imagination run with the rest of it. Yeah, pretty much. What happens to him on Monday? Uh... (laughs) (laughs) You know. Yeah. Um, There's going to be problems. (laughs) This movie was all, I think I said this before, we had a quick little, you know, five minutes about it the best aside from edward norton the best character in this movie was the dialogue
1: yeah, yeah absolutely 100 the
0: dialogue was bar none i know we went over it for a hot second but his between him and brian cox's monologues his monologue in the mirror in the restaurant yeah was insane
1: the giant fu you to new york and how he just lists he everything. just goes through a list of what is like big city, New York, everything. Like it, it's it's fantastic. It's one of and the it best. It's me- one of it. It has to be like up there of one of like the best performances I've ever seen out of an actor is what Edward Norton right. does in this mirror in this bathroom in this movie. It's fantastic.
0: And it makes me think that Spike Lee had this part, or not Spike Lee directed it, but um, David. David Benioff. 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 Benioff, it makes me, the way that Edward Norton played this off, it makes me think that they wrote this this character for Edward Norton. I could see that. I don't see any other actor, as good as they are, even pull this off the
1: way he pulled this off. Not at that time. Not at that time. Not in 2002. Not
0: at that time. Even now, there's a few that I, there's a few that could pull it off, Maybe. But this was Edward Norton through and through. Yeah, absolutely. This was Edward Norton. The only other person who can who can monologue, even somewhat as good as him, is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, but he was he was fantastic in this though. Yeah, it was. I'm not a guy, you know me, I'm not a guy who likes a lot of language in my, in my that movies. That was my, my worry, because I completely forgot
1: that this scene was in that movie, and when I suggested it, I wasn't thinking about it. Like, I was more thinking about, like, the story of the drug dealer in the end, and we would discuss that. And then when it got here, I was like,
0: oh, I forgot this was when in this I, movie. But when I watched it, I was like, it fits. Yeah. It fits. It's fantastic. This guy's going to prison next day. Yeah. He's pissed. <laughs> He hates the world right now. He hates himself. You know, he's he's taking this on the chin as best as he can. He's in his own little time, and he is just flipping the world the bird right now. And he is just telling New York... Go eat it, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm being polite because it's it is, it's so it's, it's so, five minutes. Of, you said it, it's five minutes of fu. Like, yeah,
1: literally. This it's so weird too because this movie, coming from Spike Lee, written by David Benioff, the only other filmmaker, to my knowledge, that can write a movie at this level would be Tarantino and even Tarantino's dialogue in a lot of his movies he's known for his dialogue throughout his movies this these two monologues in this movie for me personally it is it is way up there for me it is way up there just everything about them the delivery the performances what they're actually saying what they mean by what they're saying like it's so important i i fell in love with this movie when i first saw it And when it first came out in '02, I watched this movie a million times and I hadn't watched it in maybe 15 years. And when I put it back on, it was like it it, you were absolutely right when you opened this up. This movie stands the test of time. This is a fantastic, fantastic movie. To my, in my opinion, it does not get the recognition that it deserves. I don't think Edward Norton gets the recognition as being a phenomenal actor that he deserves. He should be in a lot more things than he is. I mean, what was it? Even even now, when you go back maybe five, six years, he was in Birdman. He was the best part of that movie when he was in it. Forget about Michael Keaton. Like, Edward Norton was the best part of that movie. Like, this man is a fantastic actor, and he should be. In my opinion, on top of the world. Like he should be taking, at the very least, he should be taking if he wanted to a lot of independent roles because this film feels very, very indie. This is not like your big blockbuster. In in no time frame would this be like a massive blockbuster movie. This belong. This is this this movie for me when I first saw it was fabulous. It's still fabulous today. I love it. There are little clunks here and there with this that we'll get into, but for the most part,
0: I. Love, love, love This movie It's amazing so, so I was introduced to Edward Norton With American History X <laughs> And that came out in When did that come out? 1998 So It was around the time That he started coming into the scene Like He wasn't a big act Like He wasn't like Known Known yet Edward Norton um, but American history X and he crushed it on American history X yeah then he did all his other stuff I mean he's been in what else has he been in what's like is there a list of course there's a list why is it not a list um, glass onion I could have done without to be <laughs> honest knives out Yep. I, eh. That wasn't him though. That was more Daniel Craig that I couldn't stand in that. Did you watch Knives Out yet? Ah, you mean Glass Onion? Knives, I out, Knives out. out. Yeah, I have not oh, seen Glass Onion yet. Glass Onion. Okay, yeah, Glass Onion. I wasn't a. It was half good and half awful. Um, he was in Rounders.
1: Out? He was in Rounders, which is a really yeah. good movie too. That's, that's a fantastic yeah. movie. Death to Smoochie. Like, he's been, he's been, even... White
0: Club, American History, Axe, Rounders. Even the way
1: he played the detective in Red Dragon, I thought was
0: fantastic. Like, yeah. He was in the, have you seen The People versus Larry Flint? I haven't. With, um, Woody Harrelson, is it, was it Woody Harrelson? Was it him? Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson plays Larry Flint. Okay, okay. Edward um, Norton... was I forgot that Edward Norton was in this film. Yeah, I'm looking but at it right movie, now. Woody Harrelson, Courtney Love. <laughs> okay. Don't ever... This movie is awful. It's, oh, is it? it? It's, it's all about um, Larry Flint, who was the author of Hustler. Okay, okay. And it's all... It's his story. It It is... It's, it's basically... You know. I know. Yeah. I I know what you're saying. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's the storyline is in, is interesting. Woody Harrelson is fan. I mean, Woody Harrelson's always a good actress, mm-hmm. an actor in my in my opinion. Um but Edward Norton really wasn't like he was a he was a side actor in this film. He was a supporting actor. His first major role was American History X. Yes. And he knocked it out of the park. He was which fantastic. Then, which then led to Fight Club, Keeping the Faith, which was a funny movie. Um, and then leading up to he was in Red Dragon, 25th Hour, The Italian Job. I mean, Kingdom of Heaven. Like, he has The Illusionist. Like, he has done some The Incredible Hulk. He's done some insane stuff since then. I would think now, though, he should be at that level where he just picks and chooses what he wants to be in. Yes. Yes. His his days of auditioning should be over. Way past. Over over over.
1: If 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 nothing but for like between 25th hour, American History X and Fight Club. And Fight Club. Even if you're just looking at those movies, he should be able to write his own ticket. Like there's no question. Like I just right. I don't know. That's just that's how I feel. That's how I've always felt about Edward Norton. I I always felt like he was so underrated. He was so he's always been so underrated. He is amazing in almost everything that he's ever touched. And like I said yeah. before, I really enjoyed what he did in Birdman. I thought that was a great movie too. Like it's just yeah.
0: Nope i I, I was I went into this movie blind, and I came out like, wow. Okay, I'm going to say this. Lee's not here. Whenever you introduce me to a movie, I love it. Even uh, if the movie's <laughs> bad. Like somebody I was who was I talking to today? And somebody was talking about what's his name? Um The Wrestler. We on on um They Live. Roddy Piper. Uh, yeah. I heard his name and I'm like, what are you guys? Ta-? And all I could think of was They Live. And they're like, we're talking about They Live. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that movie is fantastic. Like, I did a podcast on it. It's beautiful. It is a mean fant- it's horrible, but it's awesome. <laughs> when, for some reason, when Lee's like, remember this movie from like 15 years ago? And we're like, no, it's great. We watch it. No, no. it wasn't. <laughs> Like, like, please don't don't make me watch another Dreamcatcher movie. Like, oh I'm all, my! But when you are when you're when you say watch a movie, this movie is fantastic. Like for example, I, I, there have been times where I've I've suggested things to you and you're like I don't know, and I'm like you're gonna <laughs> like this, i.e., Lord of the Rings and Star Trek, and you came back with those and you're like I really enjoyed these films. Yes. I knew you would. You told me to watch the first Star
1: Trek movie, and I ended up watching all three in a night.
0: All three of them in one night. It's like eight hours. It's like eight hours of Star Trek, right there. I didn't complain. So, I
1: didn't complain. I thought th- I thought
0: those were three amazing movies. They were great, but it's I just you know every time that you've introduced me to a movie, I'm like, or a TV show, I'm like, wow. I am so glad that I'm being introduced to this stuff because it's stuff that I normally like. On my own, if I saw it, like if I saw a 25th hour and didn't, if I saw the title or the cover of it and I didn't know the story or wasn't recommended to it, it wouldn't be one of those. I'm like, I want to watch that.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Because the cover, when you see the cover of this. It's basic. It, it, it's just, yeah, it doesn't really show much. It's just, what is it? It's a it's a red cover with him and a dog and it says the 25th hour. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't know anything about it. What is Nothing. this? Nothing. <laughs> no, idea. And it would. I'd have to dig into it. But with you suggesting it, which is one reason why I love doing this podcast, is being introduced to new stuff, good or bad. Yeah. I think you have said this before. Even if the movie is bad, doing this podcast on that movie makes, makes up it good. For it. Yeah. You're makes right. it good. You're
1: right. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. I as much as you and I both hated uh Dreamcatcher, it was a I good loved movie. I it, it, it. I loved talking about it. I don't care. I I will talk about anything. So I I was I was abs I was happy about that at the very least. But no, I'm really glad that you like this movie. And I'm really glad that we can introduce each other to new stuff. It's always it's always fun. It's always, for me it's always fun. I enjoy that. But it's yeah, great. I'm
0: I'm glad that you're Making I'm glad that making you like this Philipsy- movie. Yeah, I loved it. And making Philip Seymour Hoffman like this, like <laughs> pervert, almost a like, little he's bit. Not there, like he's not there, but he's there. Yeah, he's he's like, he's there. In his in his mind, he's all the way there. Give him a couple Did of more knows. drinks in
1: this movie, and
0: <laughs> he's all the way there. He's all the way there. I love that the rest of the guys know about it, and like. Edward Norton's like, yeah, bring him on in. He's like, go for it. Who Edward that? Norton's egging him on. Yeah, go for it. Don't worry about it. Well, who, what can he say? He met his he met Rose, Rosario yeah. Dawson when she was just out of high school at 18. 18. Well, at least she was he, 18. Yeah, he's like, just wait five months, however long. You ever, no, you're still a school teacher, bro. Yeah, <laughs> pretty
1: much. It's still weird.
0: It's still super creepy wait until you graduate like i remember when i graduated high school and i was like a year out of high school and i was dating a girl who was in high school i felt weird in it yeah and yeah. i was just a year out of high school but yeah. i still felt weird it's so weird go back it's... like she's like come hang out with me on my lunch on my on my lunch break and i'm like uh... okay so I'd go back into my high school it was my <laughs> high school too it's and people were like what are you doing here they, they knew me what are you doing? Like, I'm dating so-and-so. Oh. And I was like, this is weird. So I stopped that real quick. No, I <laughs> but know I what you mean. I was only a year out of high school. This guy's a teacher. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not great. It's not great. I say, no, it's not. But I will say that. an Anna Paquin in this, though, like. Clearly knows what she's easy. doing. She clearly knows she, what she's doing. She does, and she doesn't make it easy. Not at all. (laughs) Because every guy in this film points it out. Yeah. Every guy in this film points it out. Yep. Pretty much. So Pretty much. And then she, at the very end, she comes off like she's the innocent one, which I'm like... (laughs)
1: Like you weren't expecting this to happen at
0: all. Come on. He knew exactly what you were doing, and then you're sitting there in the bathroom going, what just happened? Like... No. <laughs>
1: no no no. Like
0: oh, you expected this. You got what you expected, and now you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. So yeah, this movie was a twist. It was beautiful beautifully executed. The um Just the way it was shot was fantastic. I love that you have different like scenes where you know how in gothica like everything's blue. Yeah. Like in this, you get some of the blue tint, then you when they're in the club, then you get real life, and you get some of this, you get some of that, you get a mix of scenery. Yes, I enjoy that. Yes, I love that it all takes place in one night. I love that you're getting a story. You get. A lot of storytelling, a lot, yeah, and it, and it fits very, very well. It fits, and I love at the very end you get the spinning top. Did it fall or did it not fall? We'll get there. And I we'll know that we there. have differences of opinion on that. On but that, you know on what? that, which
1: is which is perfectly fine. I mean, you I can go, it, can it can go, go either, either way. way with it. It can go either and it, way,
0: and both work, and I'm yeah. fine with it. You're right. So, You're absolutely right. But let's get into it.
1: Right. So the movie opens up with a character by the name of Monty, who is played by Edward Norton and his buddy, Costoya, and they stumble upon a very beaten and battered dog who's just basically left to die on the side of the road or whatever. And Monty is like, I'm going to save this dog. He has to do, which is really weird because it's like he says later on in the film, saving that dog was the best thing I did with my life, blah, blah, blah. And now, like, I love that they kind of tie that back in. To something that happened like right out of the gates of the film they get the dog with a blanket throw the dog in the trunk i love Castoya and his like his accent and his broken english because it's like you have hole and neck and blood is coming out i thought it was great i thought it was hilarious like this whole this whole sequence and how he can't like mention murphy's law he says doyle who who's doyle and they're both going back and forth with that for a minute and it's like no no you mean murphy's law what
0: murphy's can go law. wrong will go wrong mm-hmm. He's so angry. And he named about the dog it. Doyle. So he names the dog Doyle. I love the back and forth, though. Too like, sh- like shoot him. No, don't shoot him. We're gonna bring him to the vet. No, shoot him. <laughs> no, I thought you wanted to shoot him. No, you we're gonna bring him to the vet. Like, you can't pick up have dead animal on side of road. <laughs> I just, I
1: just, his, his, everything about this Castoria guy cracks me up. You have holes his in accents. neck, and
0: blood is coming out. I love it. His accents, fit. he's like, no, I don't, and he touches it, he's like, oh yeah, I do. <laughs> it's just a little love bite. Don't worry about it.
1: And then they just up.
0: I would off. get myself checked. I'm sorry. I would be. Getting that was, a, <laughs> that was a legit hole in my neck from the tooth of a of a beaten dog (laughs) i'm getting myself checked (laughs) absolutely
1: absolutely i don't care it's like okay and i love that monty's like yeah it's just a little love bite don't worry about it like no it's not a it's not a love bite you you are bleeding there's blood gushing out of the side of your neck you need no absolutely not and i'm with you i would absolutely immediately go to the hospital and get a tetanus shot like no this is we're doing something with this (laughs) It's absolutely not. We get the opening credits, which is, they're really long. Here's one thing that I've always wondered about this movie. Was, was the 9-11 stuff written into this movie on purpose? Like, was the rest of this movie written and then 9-11 happened, so they had to, like, shoehorn this 9-11 motif into this movie? That's something that I've always, I've always wondered, because... The the nine well, eleven stuff that's going on in this movie doesn't fit the rest of the story, it's kind of it's it's out of place. So I I almost
0: this, go ahead. It was released. It was released in two thousand two. I don't know when. You're in right. 2000. Yes. It was released oh, wow. in
1: it was released in two thousand two. But I'm just wondering. Which it was
0: shot in two thousand one. But I'm wondering so
1: it, if it was written before nine eleven happened, and then nine eleven happened, and then David Benioff went back and wrote 911 into the in into this already like prepared story because it doesn't there's, there's a lot of things it's like it doesn't fit like the whole thing with the, right. the the credits in the skyline and how you have the two lights shooting out of the sky in the middle like where the buildings used to be it's like that's really weird for this movie and then you even get like later on how, like, when you get into his F.U. sequence, like, he he talks about the Taliban and Bin Laden. And then even later on, when you're in Frank's apartment and they're looking out at, at what used to be the, the Twin Towers lot. It's like all of that feels really
0: off. It does. Because it doesn't go anywhere with that, with the. The thing no. is, though, is this, all, this is all in one night, so it doesn't even have to go anywhere, really. It doesn't. It doesn't it's just like something that, that I've always wondered. Of, if this is over the course of a year and they never mentioned it right after 9/11. I'd yeah. have a problem with it. But this is all one night. That would be kind of and, weird. <laughs> um so yeah, I do I do and I don't, but you're about the whole opening credit scene how it's really really long. You don't see that anymore. Not at all. I kind of miss it, but I kind of don't. I don't miss it at all. I don't miss it. Like I kind of do, and I kind of don't. I I, I'm at the point right
1: now where it's just like, let's just get the movie started. Like I'm I'm, I grew tired of like like really overly elongated, you know, in, in intro title sequences. Now, now like, with like Netflix, you can just hit skip intro. Skip intro, which is what I do every time. Like on every no. streaming app like we have right now, it's like skip intro and we're over and we just skip forward five minutes. Yeah, great. I didn't need to see anything in there anyways. Who cares? Maybe right. uh, maybe maybe that's
0: what it is a bit. Um so it was a movie. Um well, what was it called? Uh what's his name? He does he does stand up now. He has a late night show. Jimmy Fallon. Oh, sh- <laughs> okay. He played with Drew Barrymore back in the day on a movie about Red Sox. He was a Red Sox fan. Okay. Um what was it called? Hold on. Um Jimmy Fallon. Why am I like Lincoln this is like a pretty big movie too. Um Fever Pitch. So he played a movie called Fever Pitch. It's okay. a rom com. Okay. But it, he was supposed to be this like he he falls in love with Drew Barrymore. She's a he's a school teacher. Okay. But when school is out and April comes along, he turns into this like psychotic Red Sox crazed fan. It yep. takes place in downtown Boston. Okay. Um And the whole movie was written originally as he falls in love with her. He has his uncle gave him these season tickets for life, but he has this massive obsession with the Red Sox. And then he was supposed to come to like the playoffs and they were supposed to lose. And then he was supposed to give up his seat and then go after her and fall in love with her. And lo and behold, they're ending because for 86 years, that was the Red Sox. We make it to the playoffs and they let you down. Well, what happened was they were filming this real time. They were filming this real time, and this was Kurt Schilling's bloody song. Yeah. And this was all of a sudden they had to scramble and rewrite the entire (laughs) end of this movie because the Red Sox end up winning the first (laughs) playoff. That's really funny. But to your point, I'm bringing that up because to this point too, in 2001, when they wrote this movie, the twin towers were still there. Yeah. The the attack never happened yet, so to your point, they had to have written this stuff in to make it fit the time frame. Yeah, which is I'm fine with that.
1: I'm fine. I'm 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 fine with all that. Just when you watch the movie, you can you can kind of feel it that oh this a, a lot of this was probably you know written out. Before the attack happened and then the attack happened and they had to go back and they had to put it in. I'm just saying you notice it and it's,
0: eh, yeah, it it is what it is. The Taliban were still an issue pre nine 11. (laughs) They were a bigger issue after nine 11, but it was, it it was, I don't think they wrote that even the even the, the bathroom scene, I don't think they wrote that with that even in mind yet well no because he has his nephew in new york i don't his think F-u that in was... new
1: york he does he he touches on the uh the sikhs and the pa- uh, pakistanis and he touches on osama bin laden and they show the whole you know want a dead or alive poster that was going around on the newspapers at the time so there is the line of that and even when they do do that you can when you listen to it you can tell that it's it's from a different cut You could could, Do you think he
0: went back in and refilmed that scene after it all happened?
1: No, I think they went in and I think they just filmed a different section for that scene and then went in and inserted it. Because in that moment when he goes into everything about the Taliban, the audio is off. You can tell that there was a, you can, you can, it's audible. You can tell that there was a difference. Oh, it was cut. It was cut in. It was cut in. Yeah, it was, it it was cut in. I, yeah, that's, 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 that's just me. That's what I think happened there. I'm fine with it. I'm just bringing it up because it is very noticeable in a movie like this where the whole 9-11 thing doesn't really fit. But to your point, it would be really weird <laughs> if a movie came out in 2 and is like, we're not going to address this at all. Eh.
0: I think uh, I, I think for O2 standards, I think they did a decent job so do doing I. it. So do I. I have no problems oh, with it. It's 2002. It was noticeable, so but it wasn't like crazy noticeable you're right you're right you're not like you're not like wait a minute that
1: doesn't belong no no No. you're right in 2002 we weren't
0: thinking that no no we were were thinking we were thinking it was relevant yeah it makes sense very much so So we later
1: on after the opening credits we see Monty he's on a park bench and uh OK, so time has clearly passed from the opening and because he has a beard now and this junkie comes up to him looking to score. But Monty got nothing. His exact words were I've been touched. I'm done. This junkie start, gets really mad and says, I've been coming to you for five years. He gets really pissed and like up in his face about everything and it's, get out of here. And then he just storms off like, whoa, what <laughs> what just happened? I, like when I first saw the movie, I had no idea what this was about. And then you just have this junkie coming up to him after, out of nowhere and like saying I'm, I'm I'm still kind of wondering but now that I look back on it it's like wow that was a really interesting unique way to to right. to show the state of what Monty is going through like I'm done I've been touched get away from me. I thought it was kind I of- even
0: like I even like that line too cuz you don't hear it a lot. I've been touched. Yeah. Like he's been made. Like he got caught. Yeah. And I love how they wrote in the twist into all of this. Yeah. The twist of how he got caught. I think it was... It, unless you're Lee. Lee would have been like, oh yeah, I saw it coming. He Yeah, he would have seen it coming.
1: He hasn't even and seen of the movie he and he saw it coming.
0: Of course he <laughs> I lo- What were we watching? Um, was it Mandalorian? he was like... Yeah, I expected that. You're like, no, no, you didn't,
1: not no, you at didn't. all, <laughs> not for a second.
0: Stop it. Okay,
1: <laughs> You're sure you sure? Okay, whatever. Lee. Anyways, so he's I walking love home. Him to death. Don't get me wrong. I love oh, him of, course. of course, of course. But think it, you know,
0: funny.
1: <laughs> I'm at. You know what? I feel like I've known him long enough where I'm at the point where if I want to point out his shortcomings, I'm allowed to. So I'm I'm gonna continue yeah. to do so. So he's walking home. He gives a homeless man some money, which is cool. He, for whatever reason, decides to stop by his old high school. He's looking at a team, you know, basketball follow of where he played. And he's going on and on about his record to one of the the principals or the the, the coach of the girls' uh, basketball team and whatnot. And then he asks to see his friend Jacob, who is in his classroom with the students in a circle. And Anna Paquin is doing a monologue out of this book. I I apologize. I, I retain nothing every time I watch this movie. I have no idea what she's talking about out of this book. But um she is uh, uh I don't think st- he has any idea either. Not at all. She's uh scantily clad in in high yep. school, mind you, in high school, uh low cut top, skirt, the whole thing, the pigtails, everything about her presentation is very much like
0: very. Like was skirt. It wasn't a skirt. It was like a ribbon wrapped around her waist. It, it, it was, she wasn't really. This, this was bad. The funny thing, is, the funny thing is, is, before all this happens, when Edward Norton is looking at the, at his trophy with his, he has his dog with him. The principal's like, "You need to leave with your dog." Yeah. And he just like, ignores it completely. Have you seen this and then she just has conversation with them as if she never said anything and I was like Beautiful. pretty much it was fantastic pretty Again, much the dialogue
1: the dialogue Far none
0: so like i was saying Anna F- Pat fantastic. Quinn is
1: in this room and she's she's barely wearing anything and everybody notices and even his friend Jacob played by uh, Philip Seymour Hoff- Hoffman even he's not paying attention to what she's saying he's looking at her body He's looking at her body the whole saying. time, and he like That's has, what
0: to... I was saying, he has no clue what she's reading. No, he's just
1: he, he got to snap scary. himself out of it. She has she has this really like sun tattoo around her belly button that he's probably looking at the whole time.
0: Like it's oh. so, so so were we because the camera was focused on it half the time, <laughs> like right. as she's talking, like zoomed in on it. Right.
1: So and when she's done and she sits down. <laughs> Jacob has to like snap himself out of the trance that he's in because he because he was clearly paying attention to the wrong thing. Like this guy's a creep. I don't care. This guy I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. I love his acting stuff. This guy's a flat out creep. He's creeping on one of his students, and you see it right
0: here in plain sight. It's repo creepo. So come to find out, she was born July twenty-fourth of nineteen eighty. 82. I thought she was older. Really? She's my age. Huh. Well, well uh... I, I'm thinking X-Men. I thought, cause usually, usually you don't usually play the age that you are in a movie. You usually play a little bit younger. Yeah. Hmm. So like a 20 year old would play a 15 or a 16 year old. A 25 year old would play a 20 year old. Yeah. I could see so, it. In X-Men, she was a high schooler in 1998. And I was a high schooler in 1998, 99. So she was right at the right age. I was thinking she was four or five years older playing a high schooler in X-Men. But mm-hmm. no, she was that age in real life. Yeah. Which, well, I mean,
1: here, she's playing a 17-year-old. And in 02, she would
0: have been 20. So she's she is playing a younger version. It is... Which is weird because four years earlier she was playing a seventeen-year-old and she was seventeen. It is kind of weird when you when you put uh, it like that. It is kind of weird, sure.
1: But oh, so Monty ends up making it to the classroom where he's at. He just wants to make sure you're coming tonight, right? You're coming to the thing, and blah 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 blah. Even he notices Anna Paquin and he's like, "That girl over there's giving you the eye." Blah. He even he's like, hip to what's going on. On right now, it's so weird. It's so weird. Why doesn't anybody pull him aside and be like, Hey, like, why doesn't Monzi in this moment pull him aside and say, Listen, uh, be careful? <laughs> like, don't cross the line, <laughs> don't cross this line. Well, yeah, anyways, the bell rings, class is over, and now we're in the teacher's lounge where Anna back Approaches Jacob all over again, (laughs) and she's complaining that she got a B minus on her paper while some guy got an A plus for writing about his dead grandma. And she's going on and on about nobody cares. That's what grandparents do; they die. But he gets an A plus because he talks about his grand. It's not fair. And this and that. And And he goes into this thing about he doesn't even acknowledge her complaints about the B minus. She he just sits there and points at her belly button. What did your parents say when you got that thing? And where did you get the money for that? Like the whole thing. And she just basically comes out and says, yeah, guy did it for me because, you know, I liked him, but he didn't like me. And the whole thing is it's so creepy. It's so creepy. Like, first of all, why is a student allowed in the teacher's lounge? (laughs) Why? Why hasn't anybody else come in? Like, where are the adults in this situation who are supposed to kind of come in and say, no, 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 this can't happen. madam you need to leave no nobody else comes he lets her walk in there and basically flaunt her body trying to get an a plus or or trying to bump her grade up to an a he's not gonna do it and she storms off saying this was a complete waste
0: of my time (laughs) yep it was just another way to show off anna paquin for five minutes more in the movie that was it that was it that was it because you have to admit at the time Anna Paquin was especially in X-Men she was the innocent good-looking actress and then she had to do something that was like that that this was her transition into adult acting uh, yeah i can see that i can see that cuz even That's when she even even like after this
1: when X2 came out it felt like her character felt
0: Painted. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little bit. Well it's like it's like what's her name? Who, who played um Princess Diaries? What's her name? Um never saw it. Ah uh, crap. Um I've never really seen it, but I know the actress. Um hold on. Um Princess Diaries. Anne Hathaway. Okay. So Anne Hathaway plays all of these teenage movies. She's the innocent little girl. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows, you know, she plays in a bunch of these things. And then all of a sudden, I mean, she played. I mean, she ends up being in Dark Knight Rises. Um, And then she plays in this movie called Love and Other Drugs with Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) Okay. Jake Hall is this tech salesman who goes, who loses his job and he starts selling um, stuff. He starts selling medication for Pfizer as mm-hmm. a sale. He's, med- he's a medical salesman and he's selling um, uh, the blue pill. Uh, why am I blanking on the name of the pill? Viagra. Viagra. He's selling okay. Viagra basically from Pfizer. She plays this 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 lady in the film who gets Parkinson's disease, and it's this whole basically love and other drugs. And he falls in love with her. Well, in this movie, you get to see all of Anna pa- of uh, not Anna pa- of um, Anne Hathaway. Like you see all of Anne Hathaway. Yay. And you're like, okay, this is not what I'm used to. Not at all. She went from innocent little girl to, like, it was like a giant leap. She didn't do anything other than like teenage movies, and then she does this, and you're like, that's how this felt for Anna Paquin for me. Like, she does all these teenage movies, and then she does this, and you're like, whoa, like big jump, giant leap. Yeah. I'm not mad. Anna Paquin didn't go. Full on nude in this, like Anne Hathaway did. No,
1: no, I do think Annette Quinn did a nude scene in a movie. I just don't remember what movie it was. But a, a lot of a lot of actors and actresses will do that, where they're they're pigeonholed in like really weird spaces, like teenage stuff or kitty stuff or or you know rom com hell, and then all of a sudden they'll do something completely wild and offbeat just to get themselves out of it, and for the most yeah. part it does work. Case in point, Matthew McConaughey was stuck in rom-com 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 like just throughout almost the duration of his career and then what you know 203 he did that hbo show true detective and then ever since then he's been on a completely different level like that that being on that show on that shit absolutely changed his career and then he he went on to you know do other things that were not like were completely outside of the realm of rom-com so i really don't blame actors and actresses when they do things like that at all if if that's what they have to do to get the Next step of their career, or just escape, you know what they've been typecasted into. Good on them for doing it. But Then you,
0: I, but then you have actors like Kevin Bacon who do that, and then they're known for doing that in all of their movies. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, yeah, okay, like Denise Richards, like Denise Richards. Okay, when you see a Denise like Wild Things, when you see a movie like that, you're like, yeah, everything she plays in is just like that. Yes, like you expect it. Yes, that's that's a that's a different. Since Anne Hathaway did Love and Other Drugs, she hasn't done a movie like that since. But she's done more adult films. Like right. she's done like she was she was bat she was Catwoman in Dark in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. She would never have gotten that if she didn't wait to that next role. Not at
1: all. So. Not at all. She wouldn't have even been considered for something like that. And I think she did right. a good job as Selena Kyle. I it wasn't. So did I. It wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Um, what we're talking about right now is exactly the reason why I have a lot of respect for an actress like Melanie Linsky. We talked about her on The Last of Us, where she was, you know, the 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 person in charge of the um of the militia with, when they went through one of those cities. And I'm currently watching yes. her. Yeah, I'm currently watching her on another show called Yellow Jackets. And when you look at her you you see okay the kind of role that this actress is supposed to play she's never going to play she's never going to be the mom she's never going to be the girl next door she's never going to be that you know safe type female character that we see she's going to do everything offbeat, and she pulls that off miraculously so i i have a lot of i have a lot of respect for things like that um yeah. getting back into the movie we then meet frank who's a stockbroker. And he's getting in a lot of trouble from his boss or his dad, I don't know what he is, for sinking his entire budget, which is $100 million, into one idea. But guess what? It all worked out because it hit the way that he wanted it to hit, and I bet he made his company a whole lot of money after doing so. I love the character of Frank. Now, Mm -hmm. he is a little, like, Barry Pepper, You, you already said it, he's, yeah, whatever. But here, I actually like him because there's this poor guy who's delivering, like, news or newspapers or or mail or whatever. And he comes over and he's like, Frank is like, you look like an optical illusion. You're wearing a striped shirt with a striped tie. Get away from me. And it's hilarious because that's exactly what he looks like. Like, this guy walks up, striped shirt and a striped tie. He looked like an optical illusion. And I was like, oh, my God, that's perfect. And then he's gone.
0: Oh, opposite direction yeah stripes. yeah horizontal with vertical doesn't work
1: <laughs> it's 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 absolutely ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous oh my god it's
0: fantastic it's fantastic
1: we then meet natural who's played by rosaria dawson she's on the stoop she's waiting for monty to come home they get into his apartment here is a little hint for why i think the ending ended the way that it did have you ever watched
0: cool hand luke I want to say yes, but I, it's been so long. And I'm guessing it's one of those movies where if I actually saw it, I wouldn't forget it. Um, Basically, a
1: uh, guy goes to prison breaks out.
0: Well, I probably okay. have.
1: Anyways, there's a poster of Cool Hand Luke hanging up on his wall, which I think is a really cool touch in a movie like this where we're talking about a guy who's going to prison. And then we get to the end of the did he, didn't he? Uh, cool Hand mm-hmm. Luke kind of plays with that motif of a guy going to prison, but but escaping or or whatnot. It's actually it's a it's an old, older movie. It's, I know it's, the movie. I don't it's, remember, worth I sure it. it's worth yeah. a watch. It's worth a watch. So things quickly get pretty intense in this apartment where Monty doesn't really want to talk about very much. He just kind of wants to be left alone. And his girlfriend, natural. She doesn't really know why she's trying to get him to open up. It's a whole back and forth thing. So things escalate there. And then we get a flashback. It's who bath- names
0: their kid Naturel?
1: I have no idea. <laughs> it's a cool name. I have no problem it with is. the name. It's a cool name. It, it's, a it name. Is, it's a weird name. <laughs>
0: it's a weird name. Like, it's a really
1: weird name. They natural. even joke
0: on it. They even poke on it in the like all Natural. Like in the movie, they poke on it too. Yeah, yeah. It's very that. It's very self-aware in the movie. I think that's pretty good. We get
1: a flashback the two of them they're in a bathtub they're making small jokes to one another it's really lovey-dovey they're talking about having kids the whole heritage thing comes up They're, they're just enjoying each other's company in the bathtub and then the doorbell rings it's the cops it's the dea they have a warrant to search they know exactly what they're doing they know exactly what they're looking for they know exactly where it's going to be they don't mince words at all they're coy about everything at first acting like they're looking around but they're not the head guy sits down on a uh, couch and says wow this sofa is not very comfortable it looks like it should be comfortable like he's playing it up the whole time maybe it's the padding the other cop's like booyah the padding and monty knows what's up he's just like yeah (laughs) hold on
0: hold on i love this because this is the this is the other cop he's a black cop and this is 2002 and they are so stereotyping this. A cop. little
1: bit, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like having a white guy go, Booyah, would never happen Mm-mm. in a movie like this. But have this guy <laughs> Booyah, the padding. And he has and he has the goatee. Yep. He has the shaved head. Yep. And he's like in the whole movie, the whole time, this is the one role he plays. He is the same guy the entire movie. Like he doesn't change character. At, even in the interrogation room, he's the same way. Yep. But he's just like, Boo yeah. And you're like, no, like this is Wesley Snipes and White Men Can't Jump. Like, this is what this is. This is exactly what this is. It's perfect. It's hilarious. <laughs>
1: you're right. You're absolutely right. This is Wesley Snipes and White Man Can't Jump. You're absolutely right. Spot on. Spot on for you. Well, Spike Lee, I guess. But yeah. 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 It's fantastic. The whole thing. The whole bust here is amazing. They all the the head the head DEA agent the cop just turns around and looks at him. Maybe it's the padding, and Monty's just like, "Yeah, go ahead and get over with." And they open up the cushion. Out comes the money. Out comes the heroin, and that's basically what's going on. This guy is going to jail for a very long time for possession. Great. We get I back it was coke. It's mm-hmm. heroin. It's heroin.
0: It's it's. I thought it was coke for some reason.
1: It's heroin. Okay. Well, I mean, I've never seen a brick of drugs that big before, like in real life. So I, I wouldn't know. But I mean, from everything that I've seen in movies, coke is white, heroin is brown. So that's kind of, I don't know. Sure, I don't
0: know. Crystal meth is supposed to be white, but apparently it's blue. It's blue. <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: you never know. You never know. You never know. Anyways, so. We get back to present day. Mm. They have an argument, him and, well, Monty and Naturale have an argument, and he just, he's out the door. He's gone. He he can't deal with it right now. Costova's outside waiting on the street for him, making sure that he's going to go to the club later on that night, the whole blah, blah, the whole rigmarole. So as soon as Costova hears Naturale's name when Monty brings her up, why are you still with this woman? She sold you out, and blah, 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 blah. He's, like, trying to sell the idea that Naturale was the one who ratted you out. And Monty's not buying it. He's he's not really buying it at all. No, it wasn't her. I I know it wasn't her. And he leaves. Yep. But they can get to the first scene in this movie that is wow. It is fantastic. I'm not gonna do it justice, but I'm gonna try to do what I can with this. So he goes to his father's restaurant slash bar type place, and the two of them, they're sitting down, they're eating. His father, he owed somebody some money. They go through the whole thing. His dad owed somebody some money, and he really didn't say anything where the money was coming from when Monty was making the payments for him, and he admits that mistakes were made. He then goes into this whole thing about how he starts blaming himself, how he was an 11-year-old boy with a dead mother and a drunk father. Monty can't really deal with this either, so up into the bathroom he goes, and there is a sign on the mirror that says, F.U., and then he just goes into this massive monologue where he runs down every like every characteristic every stereotypical characteristic like he just runs down New York he talks about the panhand down huh do you have it written down a, a little bit a little bit. Okay. He runs through he runs through a lot of things. He runs through the panhandlers, he runs through the steeds and the Pakistanis, terrorists in training he calls them. He hits the gays. He attacks the Koreans for not speaking English. He attacks the Russian mob for sitting on the corner drinking tea and sucking on sugar cubes. He goes over the Wall Street brokers. He has a really big dig for Enron and how they should have gone to prison for what they did. Michael Douglas, Gordon Gecko looking MFers like the whole 9 he goes after, oh my god, he goes after the Puerto Ricans, he goes after the Italians, he starts talking trash about rich wives and how they get nipped and tucked, but they're not teasing anybody. He goes into the Uptown Brothers and the way that they play basketball. He shames the cops for being crooked. He shames the priests for putting their hands down boy pants in churches that protect them. He hits on Bin Laden and the whole Al-Qaeda thing. He talks about Jacob and how he's a coward. He talks about Frank, who judges him and stares at his girl. And then he hits on Naturelle. I gave her the world and she sold me up the river. He hits his father for sipping club soda and watching the Yankees game with a whole bunch of other drunks at his bar. F this whole city and everyone in it. From the row houses in Astoria to the penthouses on Park Avenue, from the projects in the Bronx to the lofts in Soho, from the tenements in Alphabet City to the brownstones in Park Slope. To the split levels in staten island let this let an earthquake crumble it let the fires rage let it burn to effing ash and then let the waters rise and submerge this whole rat infested place and then we cut back to monty who just looks ending with no f you. you had it all and you threw it away
0: yeah i just looked up the monologue <laughs> it is long
1: it's really long it is it, really it is- really long
0: yeah. And no one could have given this moment no the same way as no one. This, was,
1: this 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 was this was designed for him. This hat this is this this is the selling point for like this this role for him. Like this is absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible work from him. And everything the uh, way that they splice in all the imagery that's going on in New York as he's running it down, they show every perfect.
0: little detail. Mm. It's absolutely it's done to
1: perfection
0: like when i first watched it f the puerto ricans 20 in a car swelling up the welfare rolls mm. waiting in the street and don't even get me started on the dominicans because they make the puerto ricans look good and then he winks to the camera oh my god (laughs) this today would not be allowed in film
1: absolutely Mm. not absolutely not not a chance not a chance we live in a very different time.
0: <laughs> F the corrupt cops with the anus violating plungers and oh, their 41 my. shots standing behind a blue wall of silence. You betray our trust. Yeah. Like. It's, the, it's wild. It's wild. One of the things I will say, the, I'm, again, I'm not a huge fan of language. I, I really don't, I don't, I don't talk that way in my own life, but. Um, But what I will say is the way that it's done in this with the way it was shot and the way it was filmed and the way they cut it back from his monologue to what like you were saying to the showing each thing that he's talking about Mm. actually made this more artwork than it did anything else. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And it was, I have to say with where he was at, like, have you ever seen um, 16 Hours? 16 hours or th- uh, sorry, 13 hours 13 hours 13 hours yeah where they where somalia not somalia um to that it was it was september 11th 2011 yep yes with john krasinski yes the yep so there's a guy in it one of his friends and there's a rpg that's about to blow up 30 feet from him and he's like f this mm-hmm there are times where i'm like i would probably have said something like that in the midst of that going on where he is at in life there is a chance that i would i wouldn't say it this smoothly or this fluently or anything like this but how he is feeling and how he is talking in his life right now i would probably feel the same way
1: well the and the thing is is that when he's going through this monologue like, for example, when he talks about, where is it? Like, when he talks about, for example, uh, where is it? Like, the Russian mob, the Wall Street brokers, the, um, when when he touches on, like, the Italians who are mobbed up with the bats, when he's talking about the crooked cops, when he goes into the priests and everything, like, these are all people who are more deserving of being in prison than he is. Right. But they're out running around in the streets. And I, I love how mad he is at, at something like this. And I especially love how when you get to the end and he gives his you know, final F you, he says, no, it's actually you. You had it all and you threw it away. It's almost like he doesn't really mean any of what he's saying. He's just mad. And then he has to step back. And then he literally, literally has to like step back and literally look at himself in the mirror and say, no,
0: it's your fault. Like it's brilliant. It's amazing. Even this, like F the Uptown brothers. They never pass the ball. They don't even want to play defense. They take five (laughs) steps on every layup to the hoop so he's calling out like all their issues he's- and they want to turn around and blame everything on the white man. Slavery ended 137 years ago. Move the F on. Like the thing is though, is everything that he says in this monologue is actually true in real life. To a certain extent. Yes. To a big extent. There are some things that are, that are, that are, that are obviously like elaborate, you know, lab, you know, there he's, you know, building upon he's making things up but in that time a lot of this stuff held true to the time and day and age it was going on mm-hmm. he wasn't just calling out stuff that didn't exist in that time of that day no you're right. Reps- yeah it held true and i appreciate that
1: i as well as i do i think i think the whole thing is amazing I think the whole thing is incredible. This whole, this entire model. And like you said, there's nobody who would have been able to pull this off except for Edward Norton. Like during this time in this moment, this was written almost specifically for him. It's brilliant through and through the way that he runs,
0: the way that he just runs down like all of New York. So I'm going to say this. You've seen ET obviously, right? Yeah. You know, at the end of the film, when they're riding off into the air with their bikes and E.T. makes them all fly. Yeah. And the sheriff comes and his all his cops, and they all have shotguns in their hands mm-hmm. going after the kids. Steven Spielberg actually recut that scene and took the shotguns out and put walkie-talkies in their hands because of the whole anti-gun thing that's going on. And then he came back out later on and said it was a giant mistake. I should never have done that. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Because he was trying to... Pander to what's going on in today's world. Right. This movie was written 40 years ago. Leave it 40 years 40, ago. not 20, ease back. E.T.? No, oh,
1: E.T. Oh, e. I thought you were talking about yeah. this movie. E. Okay.
0: No. If they try to do that with this movie and then cut this scene out, it'll ruin the movie. It would. You're it right. It would ruin the movie. Because this scene right here shows the... Depth of desperation and anger and angst and anxiety and pissed offness and yeah. everything that he is in. And it sums it up right here. Yeah. And again, Edward Norton, no one else could have done this role the way Edward Norton did. No,
1: absolutely <laughs> nope. not. And and to touch upon what you just said, I'm not a fan of rewriting movies. I'm not a fan. Disagree with me all you want to. I'm not a fan of censorship at all, like in in any regard, especially when Neither it comes, especially when it comes to art. Like I don't, I don't like when a creator is stifled because of whether it's surroundings or whether it's you know political affiliations or, or or leanings or with a climate of the. I don't want to see any of that. I want artists to be able to create what they want to create unimpeded. I want to see more of it. It's a lot of that. You. It's a lot of that you know nonsense going on, which fine i'm really hoping things turn a corner but just like this right here and what you said you know close to an hour ago now there's no way this would be made today there's no way a monologue like this would come out today in 2023 it would never happen if a studio tried to release this that studio would probably get shut down the next week it's ridiculous i love this i absolutely love this and it's a five minute monologue it's long it is long it's long where he just rants, it is fan-tastic. fantastic.
0: Fantastic.
1: We've gushed about that long enough. Let's move on a little bit. Yeah. He's back out, sitting at the table, and he asks his father if he trusts his natural. And Monty is just—he's confused. His father's a little bit more optimistic about her. There's no way that she would rat you out. She loves you. The whole thing, and uh, he basically tells him, "Listen, I'm driving you to prison tomorrow. I'll be there in the morning." He gives him a photo of you know him when he was a kid with his mom. Then they go into this whole thing about his dad wanted to name him James. Keep that in mind for later. And then Monty gets up and leaves the bar. And his father, for whatever reason, has a drink but kind of hides it behind his hand. I understand that. So.
0: why? How much older is he than Do we so, know? So I think here he's 31.
1: Because they talk about how he's going away for seven years and he'll be 38 when he gets out. And he meets. How old Nash- was he when he? I have no 18. idea. She was eighteen. I don't know because they don't. They don't do a thing where they tell you how many years earlier this is a flashback to.
0: They don't ever. They don't ever. They don't even allude. You have to figure out that it's a flashback. Yeah, kind of. A little, even-
1: yeah, but she does say in that moment. I know what moment she does say that she's eighteen when he meets her on the schoolyard, the playground. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Where'd you guys be? Schoolyard playground.
1: <laughs> That's a story. That's a story to tell somebody. Anyways, we get back to uh, Frank's apartment where him and Jacob meet up. Obviously, because of the time that this came out, they talk about 9-11 a little bit. Jacob wants to know if Frank is going to move. He says no. Bin Laden could drop another one next door and I'm not moving. So, great. Uh, Monty's going to prison. That's where the conversation goes from here on out. Frank knows that this is the end. He's either going to kill himself, he's going to run, or he's going to go away. Either way, he's gone. We're never going to see him again. Jacob doesn't want to admit this. He's adamant that he's going to see him when he gets out the whole nine. Jacob is even, he's really naive here. Because he's even like, it would be really nice if they let him bring Doyle in with him. Like, what? The prison's going to let him bring a dog? You need to relax, buddy. It's not going to happen. Chill.
0: Not happening.
1: Anyways, then they get the whole thing hint for later. Franks lets him know the reason why this is goodbye if he goes to prison is because guys who look like Monty don't do very well in prison. So there's that whole thing we got to worry about. Which, great. Okay.
0: Yep. yep.
1: We get another flashback. They're back in an interrogation room. The DAA, they're trying to get Monty to roll over or tell on his employer. They try to use everything against him. They use they try to use natural against him. She talked. She signed a release paper. She's leaving. They, they're trying really hard to get him to talk. Then they start talking about the Rockefeller laws, which is pretty much Rico laws. You know, hey, hey, listen, we can Rico her out of the house, and you're going to get slammed with everything, and this is what's going to happen. He's not talking. And, matter of fact, uh, he's he just basically insults him. He's like, can I ask you a question? talking to the other guy, when you're going down on him, is his mouth still running the way that it is now? It is... The insult is fantastic. The insult is fantastic. And they all get really mad at this, and the the guy just basically says, listen, when you're in prison, you know what's gonna be happening. Don't worry about... Whatever. And then they 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 leave, and that's pretty much where they end things there. But I love it. I love it. When you're going down on him, does his mouth keep going like, oh my god.
0: It's... <laughs> I'm sorry Edward Norton whoever (laughs) American History X Fight Club this the way that he monologues the way that he shoots out dialogue it's you have to be a writer that writes for Edward Norton because it's it just it flow like when Ryan Reynolds does a monologue, it's written for Ryan Reynolds. No one else can do his monologue like him. Right. This has to be the same way for Edward Norton because it, just, this stuff just the way he talks, it just rolls off his tongue so just naturally. It does not even it, it, you, it just sounds like him. It doesn't sound like it's even scripted. The only other the only other actor that can accomplish things like this, and this
1: is a tall order that I'm about to say. The only other actor that can accomplish things like this is somebody like a Morgan Freeman. Like his narration throughout Shawshank Redemption is like some of the best narrations you'll ever see in a movie.
0: Fantastic.
1: But this, this here, it, I just, it, this, to me, this, to me, this stands up. To me, this stands up with a lot of that. We get more Jacob and Frank, and now they're at a restaurant and they're talking. And for whatever reason, Frank is eating rice with his fingers. I don't know why this is here. It's, it's okay. Stupid. It's it's really stupid. This whole conversation that the two of them are having about relationships and higher percentiles and that what it's all stupid. I don't care about any of this at all.
0: Well, this was their way of him trying to introduce so my friend at yeah, school likes yeah, this girl and kinda. they all catch on pretty quick. Pretty quick. Pretty
1: quick. Pretty quick. We get another flashback of the day that Monty met Naturel. And again, they met on a high school playground. She even asks him, how old are you? And he's like, I'm old enough that I got to ask you how old you are. And she turns around. And she's like, you're too old to be hanging out around here. What are you doing? I love this little subtle detail. So he's dealing drugs on the school grounds, right? The guy that he gives the drugs to walk him by in a suit with a briefcase, business guy. It's the junkie that came up to him asking him for drugs at the beginning of the movie.
0: Was it really? Yes. So it's five years then. So he's 31, subtract five years. Okay, he's fine. 26.
1: 26. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. He's 26, she's 18. Mm. I'll buy it. But she's yeah. right. He's way too old to be hanging out on so, the playground. Of course he is. He's 26. <laughs> he's, 26. <laughs> he's 26. He's 26 years old, hanging on a 26 playground. 26
0: years old hanging on a playground, man. <laughs> Okay.
1: You need to get your priorities straight. I agree with you. We find out that you.
0: Here is the issue, though. And this is what I, I will give this, and it wasn't as bad even in 2002. It's worse today. The teenage girls in high schools then did not look like teenage girls in high school now. In what way? In any way.
1: Okay, I need you to be a little bit more specific because I don't know what you're talking about,
0: really. Kids are maturing way faster today than they were 20, 30 years ago. I disagree. I disagree. I don't. I Here's why. When because I was 14, 14-year-old girls did not look like 14-year-old girls today.
1: I disagree, and I'm going to tell you why. Because to me – when you look at schoolgirls, or when you look at anybody in school today, whether it's high school or whatever, they all look younger than we did. But, well, when when I was, I graduated in 05. And the girls that I went to school with, man, they look like they were in their mid-20s. <laughs> they, they did oh, not. I in
0: school.
1: When I was, they look like they were in their mid-20s. Like around this area, there was a lot of girls that I went to school with that looked way older than they actually were. Whether it was they were developing really fast because of oh what 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 was it um because they they um, they no they um they out in the milk they were eating
0: huh nothing people no. laid on the food they were eating
1: that that I think that's part of it because did they they passed laws several years ago about some of the stuff that they can put inside of processed foods like HMOs and things like that and it was. I, I don't know if this is true, but there are people out there who think, well, that's a direct cause in why people back then, you know, age as fast as they did. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. I would do my research on that. But but that's 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 my experience. I went to a right. I went to school with a bunch of girls that looked exactly like this back in the early 2000s.
0: Well. If, Rosa, if Rosario Dawson wasn't wearing the outfit that she was wearing,
1: that's even worse. I would
0: not think her as a schoolgirl.
1: <laughs> Neither would I. Neither would I. But she's sitting but there the, on the tire swing in the schoolgirl outfit, smoking a cigarette.
0: <laughs> yep, it's a whole. Thing. And her friend is younger. She's eighteen, and they had, which is why when the whole thing happens later on with. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Anna Paquin, that uh, Monty was like, just wait. wait it's like okay. <laughs> <Just> wait. <laughs> I love that. I still love that they're pushing him into it. Because he's oh, like, it's so creepy. I did the same thing. I didn't. I wasn't. I'm in your shoes. He didn't did the do the same, same
1: thing. thing. She was 18.
0: All I'm saying is, if he, he's saying, if you wait until you're 18, I did the exact same thing. Okay. All right. All right. He's just like, you have to think about it, though. If you're you're 17 years old, he's 26. 5 months later, you're 18, he's still 26. Nothing's really changed except for that one day. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's still creepy. It's still really it's creepy. Still very creepy. It's
1: very very creepy. When it's I like was 20 20- okay so When they're both okay with I'm it. I'm just going to say when I was 26 I felt really weird hanging out around 18 year olds it was weird i was at, yeah. i was at a house party i when i was 26 i was at a house party and um my friend's brother his younger brother uh, also had some people over so it was like people were mixing and mingling and it was like these are uh, these are fresh out of high school kids and we're all in our late 20s this is this is weird, weird.
0: when i was 19 i dated a 26 year old And all my friends were like, we know why you're dating her. Yep. Oh, yeah. Our question is, and I was 19. I was 19. So it was like I was 18. I was 19. I was dating a 26-year-old. And they're all like, we know why you're dating her. Mm -hmm. Our question is, why is she dating you? Not like it was like I was out of her league or she was out of mine. It was, you're 19 and she's 26. There's something weird going on here. Like- That's what this question is here. You're 26, she's 18. Why? I have you beat. I have you beat.
1: You might, but try me. Lee will back me up. (laughs) Okay.
0: 19 going on 20. She was 40. And you do have, because mine was I was 21 and she was 36. She was 40. You and do like do. you, yep. all
1: my friends knew why I was dating her. Like every, they all knew why. It wasn't a secret why. It wasn't a secret <laughs> to anybody why. But they it's, it's same it's same thing. What's going on? Why is she with you? What's I didn't care. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. And when I was
0: nineteen, I didn't care.
1: Uh, nope, I didn't not care. at all. Didn't care at all. Did not care one bit. Not even a little bit. Oh, everyone. Everyone was like, why? (laughs) Why not? I I basically told everybody "Just shut up. Leave me alone. (laughs) Anyways, so we're at a club or a bar, and Jacob and Frank are there, and they're drinking. And that's when Jacob decides to say, so my friend... uh, yeah, he's a teacher, you know, biology, and uh, there's a a student, and um, you know, and he's really weird and clunky about it. Frank immediately catches on and flat out says, "You didn't do anything stupid, did you?" Like he's he's trying to be the deterrent here. And, he, and, for, and Jacob admits it, fesses up, like, no, I haven't done good. Don't do anything, blah, blah. They go through the whole thing. It's really awkward. It's really weird. And then things end in that conversation really quickly because Natural shows up and she joins the two of them looking lovely. She is decked out. She has on what I appears to be an incredibly expensive dress. She has the jewelry on. Her makeup is done. Her hair looks good. Everything is fantastic here. Right? Right. Monty comes in. They all go into a club. The student, and a Pat Quinn, the student is across the street trying to get into this club. The student, okay? She is 17 years old. She is 17, and Monty's like, yeah, sure, come on in. I can get you in. Your friend's got to stay outside. They're not coming in, but you can come on in. Jacob is not having any of this. He,
0: (laughs) But he knows. Monty knows. Yes. Because he saw her at the school. Yes. Yes. He knows what's going on. He yes. saw her at the school not four hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, it right. was that day. Right. He saw her at the school. He, he he has the tattoo memorized, as do the rest of us. Oh, yeah. He, he tells him, bring her in. And the thing is, though, is... It, I'm trying to quit drinking. I'm an alcoholic. You want to go to a bar with me? Why would you ask a friend to go to a bar who's trying to, who is an alcoholic, who's trying to stop being alcoholic? You obviously know that your friend right now is struggling with this and has a problem. And you're like bringing the issue in. Big time. Big time. Big time.
1: And we're not just talking, we're not just talking about, you know, the drinking. We're talking about, you could potentially lose your job over this. And maybe even get slapped jail. with go to jail. Like, statutory is a very, very real thing. Like, you are way too old. You're well outside Romeo and Juliet laws. So, like, you're way beyond
0: that. That's not a factor here. And here we not have like Monty. You're 21 in 21 and she's 17 and it's like, okay, I could pass. But if you're, thir- she- he's 31. 31. He is. Okay, people who are listening, he is 31 years old, and she is 17. Yep. There is a 14-year difference. Yep. Which means that when he was 14, three years younger, she—no, sorry. Yeah, when he was 14, she wasn't even born yet. Nope. Twisted. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. A little bit. Creepy. a little bit. A
1: little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I don't Philip know.
0: Seymour Hoffman though plays this part so
1: well. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's a he's another one. You want to see you want to see a movie where he really goes wild? Have you Should ever have seen No? Have you ever seen have Have you ever seen The Master? I don't think so. Look it up. It's him and Joaquin Phoenix, and it is. It is a wild wild movie. Is it Joaquin
0: is like Phoenix like a good walking Phoenix. Yes,
1: he is he is every bit of crazy in this movie. Like what he's like the he's master. the master. Uh Paul Thomas Anderson. That that movie if you ever get the chance to watch that movie Oh, oh man the like the mental gymnastics that the two of them play with each other is fantastic the dialogue this, huh? the dialogue between these two characters is amazing Walking Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman and what they do with each other and the way that they use words and their relationship tied to one another and just what they're able to to bring out of each other and make each other do in that movie it is wild it is absolutely wild it's
0: insane oh it's on hbo max i'll have to to watch it
1: definitely give that a watch if you like philip seymour hoffman and you like joaquin phoenix and you especially if you like them both like kind of crazy kooky characters that is a movie that you need that is it is fantastic
0: it is fantastic so um the one thomas anderson wrote and directed this movie wow Paul Thomas Anderson, Paul Thomas Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson. He sure. uses all three names. That means that's, that's, that's weird. I, I think that's
1: pretentious of him to do, to be honest a little bit. It's a little wild that he uses all three of his names. I think that's a little much, but I mean, a, hey, he, you know, Whatever. what? he has not, there's, he's done a lot of movies that I've really enjoyed. He did, uh, the master that I just told you about, if you've ever seen, there will be blood, is amazing. Um, punch drunk love. Punch drunk love. Punch. Well, Lee Leah- did
0: boogie night. Yeah, he did boogie night. Yeah, that was a crazy movie. That's a crazy movie. Awful. That's a crazy, crazy
1: movie. But yeah, so Lee and I did punch drunk love. Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love is the best that Adam Sandler has ever been. <laughs> I and really I, good at that. I mean, I mean that. That's a. It's fantastic. Anyways. <clears throat>
0: The student. I don't know. Boogie Nights, I'm a superstar. Like, that's the very <laughs> end of It's so bad. It's, it's so bad. But it's good.
1: It's bad. It's, it's bad, but it's a good movie. It's a really it's, good movie. It's interesting. Maybe it's a prosthetic, but it's Mark Wahlberg. Really? That's the like, that's the thing about yeah, it's Mark Wahlberg.
0: Mark Wahlberg. So
1: we find out the Whatever. student's name is Mary. And uh Monty is able to get her into the club, and now it's party time, they toast, you know, to Monty, the whole thing, and then Mary becomes, she gets up, she leaves, she goes to dance, and Naturell gets up and she goes away to dance, and now it's just the three guys, and uh, Mary is the topic of conversation, and Monty is pushing, pushing Jacob into doing this, like you said, just wait five months and you're gonna be okay, you know, don't worry about it, like, it's wild, It's absolutely wild. It is. It
0: really is. It really is. Like, if you guys were doing that to me, I'd be like, okay, stop, or we're like, I can't. We're not friends. I can't. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get me, or do you want to be in prison with me? (laughs) Unbelievable. Unreal that they're
1: trying to like push this into this. Um, Monty wants Jacob to toast, but he's so out of it and distracted by everything, he just has a blank stare on his face for a really long time. For a movie, it's not that long, but in terms of like movie time, it's a while that he just sits there with a blank stare on his face. And then finally, Monty says, Okay, don't worry about it, it's fine to Doyle, and they toast the
0: dog <laughs> to Doyle. I love it, I love it. It's that's what
1: this whole movie is great. We later on get a scene where Frank and Monty are having a conversation somewhere else in the club and they're talking about what they were, what Monty and what, what Frank and, and, Jacob was talking about earlier how he's too looking to be in prison and he's going to need a favor later on and this whole thing. Frank goes into this tearful spiel about I'm going to be there when you get out and we're going to start something. We're two boys from the Bronx. We're going to have a bar and I'm going to be there when you get out. I promise. Like the whole night and like just the tears streaming down this man's face while this is happening. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is for for this for this guy is it is what it is we then go back to jacob who's passing out already after just a couple of glasses of wine and maybe a shot or two he's in the booth he's passing out and mary is all over him she comes over takes his hat off puts it on her head and then proceeds to give him a lap dance yep she admits that she's and been if drinking. She was
0: a year, and if she was a few years older in her 20s at his age, this would be fine. Uh, maybe. <clears throat> yeah. If she was in her mid-20s. and he If was she was in her
1: mid-20s, yes. If she was in her mid-20s. I think even if she was 18, it would still be a little. Creepy. Yeah. Just a little bit. But anyways, yeah, like I said, she's given him a lap dance. She admits that she's been drinking. She admits that she did some E. And then she asks if there's a bathroom somewhere, and she goes upstairs. He drunkenly follows, goes upstairs with her. They're both in this bathroom now, and he makes out with her.
0: Well, no. She's like, do you need to use the bathroom? And he's like, no. She's like, what are you doing in here? And he kisses her. Yep. And then she sits there, and she is shocked. Why is she shocked? She has been playing him this entire film, yes, and then he does what she has been egging him on to do, mm-hmm. and then she's shocked. Here's the best part you never see her again the rest of the movie. Nope, she's done, she's it's now over. out of the movie. This whole plot line is over,
1: okay. I, Until Monday. <laughs> I really she, want to know what happens on Monday. <laughs>
0: oh, she told her friends. And her friend, it got around school. And you know by the end of the school on Monday, he was brought to the to the school board and he was let go. Bye-bye. Clear out your desk. With the potential, if you don't leave quietly now or resign on your own, there will be lawsuits pressed against you. There's a like, whole mess of problems that's, that's gonna going
1: to happen. There's a whole lot of problems that are going to happen from this. this poor guy. This poor guy. What's he going to say?
0: Oh, she was trying to up her grade, and you gave in to her. Yeah. Yeah. Sicko. Yeah, pretty much. He, I...
1: Like, on one hand, I get it. Like, she's asking for it. I'm sorry if that makes me sound sexist a little bit, but she is. She clearly knows exactly what she's doing, and she's egging him on. She's giving him the look. She's dressing... The way that she's dressing, she's showing she's off her tattoo, she's giving him lap dances, taking his hat off and putting it on. When when he, get off me, get off me, she then goes to her part of the booth and just starts dancing by herself, looking the way that she's looking, driving him absolutely nuts. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> and especially like, I was you're in this
0: setting, this... in this bar, where he's been drinking. Like, come on. like I, I uh... was expecting with the nature of this film, I was expecting it to go a lot further than it went. So was I. When I first saw didn't. this, so was I. It didn't. And I was, um, I was like, I was like, <clears throat> I was like, this is an interesting twist because I was expecting to see more of her, and you don't. And I was like, okay, that was an abrupt end. Like she got what she wanted. Well, no, she didn't. He got what he wanted. She mm-hmm. did not get what she wanted. She is was looking so
1: dumbfounded by everything that She's just like, happened.
0: Which I don't get. I, don't I, I get, neither like, do I.
1: I don't get why she's trying to play innocent here. Like, what just happened? Like, yeah, come on. Come on. Come on.
0: Music in the club, quiet in the background. You don't hear it. She's just standing there and shocked. And you're like, why? are you Like, no, don't be shocked. Yeah, You know exactly what's happening. Because yeah. I'm sorry. I used to go clubbing all the time. And when a girl would ask me, where's the bathroom? That means one thing. That means one thing. That means one thing. They're not looking to go to the bathroom. Not at all. So, you know what he's thinking, which is why he did what he did. Yep. And then she's like, "What did you do this for?" But whatever. No, I get it. It doesn't take away it doesn't take away from the movie. It's not just at all. it's it's just weird like, okay, it's an abrupt ending and yeah, he's fired. <laughs> Probably.
1: Probably. And I know exactly where you're coming from, because I grew up next to a club and spent a good portion of my later teenage years in, in that club. I shouldn't have been there, but you know what? That club doesn't exist anymore, so I can say that all I want to. Anyway. Chippendales and in Huh? Yeah. Chippendales and in Saugus? Yes. Chippendales. Yes. <laughs> yes. Chippendales and, Chip and in Saugus. Anyways, so we're in a different part of the club now, and Frank and Naturell are having a f- friendly conversation that quickly escalates when Frank, begins, he blamed her. when Frank begins accusing her of all kinds of things. You knew what he was when you got involved with him. You didn't really say anything. You didn't say anything when you moved into his apartment. You didn't say anything when he bought you that fancy dress. You didn't say anything about all of the jewelry. You sat back and you did absolutely nothing. And it goes back and pretty much calling her a gold digger. They go back and forth with that for a while. And then he flat out accuses her of ratting him out. And then, you know, he calls her a not so nice slur. She slaps him and then she walks away. She storms off. Great timing for Jacob to then show up next to Frank and basically admits, I just kissed my student, saying it really loud so everybody around them can hear. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't make this up. And even mistake Frank- number one, mistake number one. Yeah, attracted you to into your student. Mistake number two, you kissed your student. Mistake number three, you told your friend that you kissed your student. Mistake number four, you told your friend in the crowd of mixed company in a bar. Yep, that you kissed your student. In that bar, yep. You, you got uh, you, you're, you're, you, you. You got some massive problems in
1: front of you. You're a bat in a thousand, buddy.
0: And like I can even... understand, I can understand. I can totally. I would never do it, but I can totally understand the struggle that he is going through. She's an attractive lady. She is totally playing him. Mm-hmm. She is all over him. Yes walk away walk away smart thing. immediately run. walk away
1: run away immediately run away and um, do not run immediately walk away
0: i would go back to the school and have her transfer to a different
1: class i would try <laughs> i would absolutely try and frank, frank knows That he's absolutely out of his mind right now because he's like, shut up, shut up, stop talking, have a drink, shut up, stop talking. Like, even Frank is like, you're an idiot for doing this right now, right now. Have a drink, shut up. Like, it's so, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And that's where this whole student Jacob storyline comes to a conclusion. We're done and we're moving on. It's never brought up again, which I'm okay with. It is so creepy. It is so creepy. It's super creepy. But I love Philip Seymour Hoffman because he plays it
0: so well. He really does. He does. It's – it's – it wasn't – I wasn't expecting it in the storyline, like, to be this – massive thing but then it's like this whole thing that's wrapped it's twisted it's so twisted yes perfect
1: it's perfect so monty is now in the room with the mob guys that he was working for and there's a lot of vacu allegations well accusations being thrown around in this room about whether or not monty you know turned into kind of a rat And they try using his father as leverage. They try using natural a little bit as leverage. They point a gun at him. But in the end, Monty says, I didn't say anything about you. I swear. I know they came to me to get to you. I did not open my mouth. I didn't say anything. I promise. Please leave my father out of this. And in the end, thankfully, they all believe him. He goes into the story about, well, the mob guy goes into the story about how he went to prison, a boy, and came out a man. You do what you have to do. You find the weakest guy, the one that nobody's protecting, and you beat him within an inch of his life. Almost to the point where they think you're crazy, but not so much that they lose respect for you. Like, he's really giving them a lot of pointers here about how to survive in prison. And again, the, the 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 thing about you're a good looking guy, it's not gonna be easy. That keeps getting brought up with this poor with this poor guy. And it's just it's it's fantastic. And then then the hammer drops when the head guy gives a motion and they kick Kostova to the ground, they give him a bloody nose, and they go on this whole thing. This is the guy that ratted you out. He stole seven years of your life. This man does not deserve to live. They hand Monty the gun. He points it at his head. Why? Why did you do it? Why'd you wrap me out? You had me thinking that it was natural this whole time. This whole thing is brilliant. And then finally, Kostova's like, I have no choice. I have no choice. As he's bleeding with his hands up on his knees, begging for his life. I have no choice. He then turns to the mob and says, listen, you told me to trust this guy. I did. You clean up your own mess. And he tosses the gun back to them. And as Monty is walking out, he looks at Kostova and says, you were my friend. And then he leaves. And that's when the mobs surround Kostova and start beating him. And I'm going to go ahead and guess that he is is no longer alive. He is very much dead. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I appreciate that Monty didn't do anything to him.
1: Yes. Yeah. If Monty had killed him, I would have felt very differently about this character yes
0: yeah yeah okay so later that night i want part- to read i want to i want to read something to you about the whole when you go to jail find the weakest person beat on them yada 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 that you just mm-hmm. talked about right before yep. that scene yep so <clears throat> there's this line in a movie and it's 500 it's 500 fights that's the number i figured when i was a kid 500 street fights, and you could consider yourself a legitimate tough guy. You need them for experience, to develop leather skin. So I got started. Of course, along the way, you stop thinking about being tough and all that. It stops being the point. You get past the stillness, the silliness of it all. But then, after, you realize that's what you are, a tough guy. This line was spoken by Vin Diesel in the movie knock-around guys, which also has Barry Pepper in it, mm-hmm. who also plays an Italian Mafia. <laughs> okay. The son of an Italian Mafia bomb. Sure. Uh, bar. Um, fantastic movie. Fantastic, fantastic movie. Vin Diesel is not the main character. He is a side character. Okay. So it works. He <laughs> is just the muscle in the movie. Okay. Um, I think you would enjoy this movie. Okay. I would even say this would be my next pick just because it's a fun movie. Okay. Um, But to get to that point, you know, you have that in a movie like this, whenever there's the mob boss or mafia or someone's going to jail, you always get that line of like, go pick a fight. Even in American History X, go pick a fight. Yeah. Make yourself known. Be that person who nobody wants to mess with. Mm Mm-hmm just in this movie and in American History X I'm guessing because Edward Norton isn't a big guy that to make him look like the bad guy wouldn't come across Although American History X he could have passed for it um, but in this he wasn't a big guy he's a skinny short guy there's not going to be to his point there's not going to be many people in prison that are smaller than him for Probably him to not. be the big guy
1: Probably not. But
0: I love lines like this and lines like the ones in this movie where it goes into, you know, it's a a quick monologue of this is what you do to get to this point. Yes. And it fits so well. It fits really well. It it also
1: continues with the story about how, you know, Monty himself brought up that he was too good looking for prison. You got Frank bringing up that you're a little bit too good looking for prison. And now we have... You know, Mr. Mob Guy over here saying, you're a good looking guy. This is not going to be easy for you. We get into a lot of that later on in the film, but it's just it's 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 continuing on that story. I really appreciate little things like that. I I eat I eat stuff like that up. I think it's fantastic. I loved so, it. Yes, yeah, so do I. So do I. Um, Later in his apartment, he apologizes to natural for being distant and being a mess. He says, I was confused. And yeah, I was kind of blaming you for everything, but I know it wasn't you. And you know, now he has to go off and do one more thing and then he'll be back. So Monty, Frank and Jacob, they take a nice long walk in the park. And uh, he hands Doyle off to Jacob, says, he's yours now. Take him, take care of him. And then looks at Frank and says, I want you to beat the piss out of me. Really make me ugly. Really mess me up. You got to make it look good. I can't go in there looking like this. And we both know that. I love how Monty pushes all the right buttons to get to what he wants. Because Frank is not having any of this. He, he doesn't want to do it. But then he's like, you know what? I think a part of you wants to do this. I think you think I deserve this. And especially since the way you look at my girl, you're going to go t- t- take care of her when I'm gone? Like, he's really pushing. And none of it really works. Until Jacob tries to split them apart. And Monty... Starts attacking Jacob for no reason, other than just to get under Frank's skin. Frank grabs him and snaps and beats him bloody. I mean, punches him over and over and over again with him on the ground. Just, he's bloody, he's scarred up, he's got bruises all over his face, and the swelling is going on almost immediately. His eye is black, his cheek is, his nose is all but broken. Like, it's it's amazing, and the whole time Frank is doing this, tears are streaming down his face. Finally, yeah. you know, uh, Jacob is able to, you know, get them apart. And Monty at the end gives Frank a, a big hug and a pat saying, you know, we're good and everything home. And he
0: stumbles his way home. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all I Ooh. thought of when I saw this part. Just hit me in the face. Hit me as hard as you can. Yes. This was fantastic. This yeah. was
1: fantastic. So he's home and Naturell sees him, freaks out, cleans him up, wipes the blood off. His father arrives to take him to prison. They say their goodbyes. Before he leaves, he tells you know, Naturell, I don't want you to come visit me. I want you to move on. I want you to go have a life. Don't, you know, the whole thing. She tries to give him ice. He almost, he immediately tosses it as soon as he's on the other side of the door. And now we're in the car. And his father goes into this whole thing about they really beat you. Did you get a couple of good licks in? Yeah, that a boy, blah, 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 blah. Okay. They're driving through New York, and all of the people that he ran down in the FU monologue are now all standing on the street and they're all smiling at him. I can't explain it any other way. Everybody. The 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 Pakistanis that he mentioned, the Puerto Ricans that he mentioned, the brothers that he mentioned, the, the Koreans that he deny mentioned. All of them.
0: Huh? He's driving by all he's of them. He's
1: driving by all of them. It's such a, it's, it's, the way that it's done is so artistic. It's, it's beautiful. He's driving by all of them and they're all happy. They're all smiling back at him. And he's slowly beginning to like realize, oh my God, I love my life. I love this place. I. And he's just, he's leaving it all to go to a really dark place. And it really hammers this home, that all of these people that he ran down earlier in this movie are all there smiling at him as he's driving by. And I really like that. There's a boy on a bus who writes his name on a window. Tom. Monty responds by writing his name on the window. Monty. It's a cute little back and forth. I thought that was really cool. Just like... It almost is like you're going to prison and this is all the beautiful, wonderful things that you're leaving behind. I thought it was really, really cool that the way... That they show this and just... And you know what? To speak on that a little bit, we watch all these movies about people who are going to prison for a life and everything, and and it's like, yeah, okay. But when you really sit and you really think about it, seven years is a really long time. It's it's a a really long time. So I I kind of feel bad for, for Monty in this moment. Okay. And then Dad goes into this whole sequence that I'll keep driving... We can just keep going. I'll get you stitched up, and we'll catch a Cubs game. You always wanted to see Wrigley Field. You saved the world, and we'll keep going. And they do. They continue to drive. They drive throughout the country. He says, this country is a beautiful place, and there's mountains and hills and valleys and white churches. Every man, woman, and child should see the desert at least one time before they die. You find the silence. You can find God. There's no me- horns honking at you with drunk men pissing on the streets. They, he, the, the Brian Cox's monologue here is another example of why this movie is fantastic. It, it stands up when it was Norton's monologue at the beginning of the movie when he runs down New York. And if you yep. pay attention, if you pay attention, Monty's monologue was all about just being mad. It was all about anger. It was all about how he messed up. It was all about running down New York. His father's monologue is full of optimism and full of just... Love and acceptance and and doing right by your family. And you're going to go somewhere and you're going to start all over again. And it's very uplifting. It is incredibly uplifting. Even the camera work and the color palette that they're using to separate these two sequences are different. Brian Brian Cox is fabulous here. He says, we're going to find a nice town. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a drink. And then I'm going to go. I'm not going to ever see you again in this life. You're never going to come home. Don't write. Don't call. That's how you're going to get caught. You stay put. You find the right people. You get yourself some papers, and you live the life that you were supposed to live. And after a couple of years, maybe, just maybe, you get in touch with Naturell, and you start a family, and you live the life that you were meant to live. And maybe one day, years from now, after I'm dead and gone, you sit everybody down, and you tell them the whole story, and you end with how... Sh- and you end with, do any of you know how close close this life came to never happening? And it's brilliant. Brian Cox's monologue here is fantastic. And then we cut Expand right back. his
0: entire life.
1: Yes. And then we cut right back to Monty, bloody, in the car, on his way to prison. But we do not see him arrive at prison. It just ends with the two of them in the car on the highway. Roll is credits. The end. Yeah. It it is. I like to think that he went out he west. It. I like to think yeah. that he went out west. I, that's that's just me. I think it would fit better for the story. Um, just the grim and despair of him actually going to prison. It's laid on pretty heavily in this movie that if he does go to jail, he ain't making it out. Like I just I think that's pretty well established. He's not making it out of prison. It's only a matter of time before those wounds heal. He's still going to be a really good-looking guy. He's not big. He's not threatening. Even here in this movie, he has a couple of chances to be violent. He's not a He's violent not. person at all. Oh he doesn't swing back at Frank. He doesn't shoot Kistover in the face like the way that he was supposed to. He, even, he rescues a dog that bites him and doesn't do anything about it. He's a good person. He just made a really bad decision to start dealing drugs. So it's my opinion that if he does go to prison, this is a real... Really sad way to end the movie if he does go to prison he's dead he's not making it out especially the way that they build up this prison throughout the movie they're building it up as a pretty hard place to be and if you're a drug dealer and you're pissing off the dea by that that whole insult that you had in the interrogation room about blowing the guy it's wild so i i like to think i like to think that his dad drove him out west dropped him off and he started a new life that's my interpretation of the way that this ends it just it it, i just think it fits a little bit better
0: right um trying to see if there's anything online that says wow one person says he definitely went to prison it's back and forth
1: online. I'm sure it is. It's not it's not cut and dry. It's not oh, I, I and I like that. I like when I like when a lot of movies do that where they want to leave you
0: guessing. It's it's right. up to you how the movie ends. I like that. I like I for some movies I don't. For this movie I do. There are some movies where they do that because it's just poorly written. Yeah. This movie was written to end this way. Kind of like inception it was written to end that way yeah it fit it works it's good um i appreciate this though um because you could literally have a conversation for an hour on did he go to prison did he not go to prison both parties could execute their argument well and they would both be equally as accurate yeah until Spike Lee wanted to direct another movie that showed him doing <laughs> one or the other.
1: we wouldn't know. I mean, this so, movie came out in 2002. I kind of think, I, I don't think that's going to be happy. He would have done, right. done
0: it by now, which means that even today you could still have massive conversation and it can go either way, go either way. But I am, you know, I am so thankful that you introduced me to this film. Um, I've actually changed my mind. I don't want to do knock around guys. I want to do boiler room. Okay. I think you will appreciate boiler room so much better. Okay. It's we will do boiler film. room. It's a fantastic film. All right. Very similar to um Barry Pepper's role in this. He's he works in a boiler room. Okay. Um but it's a crazier movie. It's okay. got Ben Affleck in it for a hot second. All right. Uh, but this movie, fantastic. Fantastic. I'm so happy you enjoyed it. Oh, I'm so happy you enjoyed it. So, I actually, like, when you recommend a movie I, I or a TV show, I look forward to it every time. Because cool. I think that as much as Lee and I like similar movies to a degree, I think you like more of what I like than he does.
1: You're definitely more the two of you definitely get along more when it comes to comedies. Right. And that's that's that's
0: fine. It's never been right. my thing. But when it comes to like dramas or action like or even fantasy, you you know what like you'll be like, "Ooh, will he like this? I'm going to try." But you you have an idea. You're like, "I think he I think he will like this." there mm-hmm. There'll be one or two things where you're like he may not. But you take the chance anyways. Like when like you said that we're doing Boiler
1: Room, my pick after that is technically a comedy.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> what
1: movie are you, what's your pick? Doctor Strange Love.
0: Oh my gosh. Seriously?
1: <laughs> you said you've never seen it. I haven't. you well, yeah, we're doing Doctor Strange Love.
0: It's, a, it's an icon it's such an iconic film. We're too.
1: doing we're doing Doctor Strange. It is technically a comedy. But it is over the top, ridiculous satire comedy. That's that's okay. more my style. They live over the top, or yes.
0: Oh, I can't wait.
1: There is there is certain there is there is a speech in this movie that is ridiculous, and I cannot wait to talk about it with you. It is absolutely. There is a character in this movie that is what <laughs> there is there is dialogue in this movie what is happening there is a, a a thing that happens that is completely unbelievable and there is a monologue that is way over the top what is happening here oh, I really. think you're really going to enjoy it for that and that alone that's why a couple of weeks ago I asked you how do you do with uh, black and white films because the movie is in black and white and yeah. if you can if you can deal with the black and white I think you're really going to enjoy it.
0: Even you know, even, um, Boiler Room. Very much similar to the dialogue in this film.
1: Okay, I can uh,
0: I can get with that. Like I said, so, I'll watch anything, so I'm happy yeah. with that. So, I'm excited, but no, I'm. I. I think it's weird. I think tonight, with our two recordings between this movie and going over the first episode of Titans, it has been a huge gush. Yeah, like huge gush fest. It's weird. It's, it is it's weird. weird. It is. It is.
1: It is. It is. The last
0: eight weeks have been like, this is awful. This is awful. <laughs> this is awful. This is awful. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. Which now is fine. It's like, it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah.
1: It's yes. Yes. Let's especially keep, especially let's, Titans. But let's keep, keep up, up with that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's keep up with that so. trend let's keep it but no in end i'm glad that you enjoyed this that's always my hope I, I i anytime i recommend a movie to somebody i always hope that they enjoyed it if they don't it's even better because i get to ask why and there you know some conversation back and forth which i also enjoy you know even if you hated this movie i would have still loved to talk to you about it because oh, i yeah, it, it, it would have been the conversation would have been
0: very different but well, it would have like, been like well indiana jones you weren't you still weren't a fan of it you still no. had a great conversation around yes it,
1: though. still had a great conversation about it it was still, it was still in the desert.
0: <laughs> no one liked that movie fantastic conversation fantastic
1: epic have to combo admit,
0: though, out of every movie that we've ever talked about that is going to be our most iconic film i think yeah I had, nothing's gonna beat that. Nothing's see, gonna beat that. Movie. I
1: had, I had the most fun talking to you about movies about Passion in the Desert and Looper. they were so much fun for me. It was <laughs>
0: Looper. We were like polar opposite <laughs> yes. on Looper. It was, was cool though. A I like it. Argument about. How time travel should not have even happened in that movie. (laughs) When he gets into the hole in the in the wall, who turns the time machine on? I don't
1: know. Nobody.
0: Nobody. He just shuts the door (laughs) and it goes. Yeah. It
1: works. Yes. Absolutely. Magic. Absolutely.
0: Oh my god. A leopard. Really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) What? Some fantastic of the stuff that we have watched though and talked about <laughs> is pretty out there it
1: is it's really out there it's really out there that's another thing baby, about baby what's wrong
0: baby what's wrong
1: <laughs> that's an- that's another thing about me um i'm almost never going to want to pick or talk about like the big blockbuster movie i'm it's not i because it's eh. lee can do that Lee Lee can do yeah. that all he wants to. He can pick those movies every day. But I I'm always gonna pick something that's a little
0: off the beat, a little indie, not very well known. So I yeah. So I want to ask you a question. Summer of ninety nine, Summer of ninety one had a big blockbuster movie. <clears throat> it was Kevin Costner, Morgan Freeman, Christian Slater, Alan Rickman. Mm hmm. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm hmm. You might laugh, but it is my all-time favorite movie. Is it? All-time favorite movie. To the point where when I was 13 years old, I started watching it. It's kind of sentimental, but I used to watch it with my mom and my dad every Friday night for two years straight. Like wow. I know that movie inside and out. Wow. I haven't watched it in years, but I could watch it and still know 90% of the dialogue by heart. Um, It is one of my favorite. Favorite movies. I never want to do a podcast on it. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. But I don't want to. Walk, I don't want to walk away hating it because of. Because <laughs> 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 I know we're gonna rip it apart, and it's gonna be like, now I don't like this movie. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I get it. But it, it is literally though, like. People don't know this. They actually casted Mel Gibson first to play Robin Hood. It would never have worked. Bro, it would no, never, it would never have worked. I can't picture.
1: Um, I can't picture Mel Gibson in a movie like that.
0: No, I mean they tried I, doing Russell Crowe as Robin Hood in the in the later on. Yeah, um, which I I still, for me, Kevin Costner fit that role really really well. But then you had Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. I mean, an all star cast. At the time, Christian Slater, Alan Rickman, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Costner. Um, What's your name? Who played Maid Marion? Um, it was a lot of big people. Um, and it was a two and a half hour movie. And it was a big movie then.
1: That's a long um, movie for 91, two and a half hours. That's a long movie.
0: Long movie. Then you had um, Brian Adams song. Everything I do. I do it for you came from that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, it was a it was the. That was back in the day when you had a blockbuster every summer. One blockbuster movie. It was Almost, a blockbuster yeah. movie. Now you get four. <laughs> every two months. <laughs> every, yeah,
1: it's a lot. It's a lot. And they don't stick around in the theater for that long either. It's like in the theater, oh. spends a month or two there, and then it's gone, and it's straight on HBO. Like, it's right there. Right. We're done. And this movie was
0: six months in the theater. Six months to a year out of the theater and you're waiting and then it was VHS. Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah, I never want to do that movie because it will probably ruin it for me because I'll gush over it. But most of my gushing will be because it's, it's sentimental. It won't be because the movie stood, like, I'll still watch it and love the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a decent job with it, but there are some stuff in that. You're like, no, like, no
1: yeah i know what you mean
0: it's tropey the whole way through because i know Robin what you mean
1: hood. i know what you mean
0: but i one of those films where i'm like i don't want to i don't want to ruin it for my i have life. one of those
1: too. my favorite movie of all time is a tie but if i had like gun to my head if i had to choose it's probably the godfather I would never suggest that we talk about that movie because of the length and because of how long it would probably take us to get through it. It would be a massive undertaking. I never want to talk about that here.
0: <laughs> it would be a massive undertaking, and it is, again, another. It's an it's such it's an iconic lo- Yeah, yeah. It, it, stuff like that, just it is what it is. Let's not ruin it. I agree with that. I agree with it's that. It's perfect the way it is. I agree with that. But-
1: I don't think um, Lee I don't think Lee would ever choose to do like a back to the future movie either. I don't think he would do that. No.
0: No. No. Talking about it random stuff here and there. Yeah. You know, fine. Um
1: I think I think I think he's afraid for the same reasons that you're afraid. Cause if we did Back to the Future, I would tear that movie to shreds and <laughs> I, would ru-
0: I would ruin ten his seconds. childhood. Ten seconds. It'd be yes. done. Yes. Like 10 seconds. No, it just it couldn't happen. Um, oh, my God. That's a lot of movies from the 80s and 90s, though. There's a lot of holes in a lot of movies there from is. the 80s and 90s. There's a lot.
1: There's a lot of.
0: I mean, aren't we doing. Aren't we doing. Um, What are we doing soon for our next recording? We're doing. Um. What did Lee want to do? The last The last action. The last- <laughs> I haven't seen that in twenty something years, man. Years. i i
1: started I started watching that movie, and I started like you know jotting down some of my thoughts. Man, that, that is a, that, a bad movie, huh? It's not okay. It's not a bad movie. It's a fun movie. It's just it's it's making fun of all the action hero movie tropes. Right. That's that that's what that movie is designed to do. Um, it does do the Willy Wonka thing with the ticket. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I all right. In, I, I
0: really haven't seen it in 30
1: years since it came it out. Is, so it is, it is, it, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's forgetful, but it's fun. It's a really fun movie that we're going to have a good time with regardless. Speaking
0: of, speaking of forget, forgetful. Remember when Hulk Hogan was a, was a, was a, was a, was an action sure. hero. On, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he, was it him who played Junior when he got pregnant? Was that him? No, that was, was that, Arnold- that was Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger's the, was the one was who got there. pregnant. So bad. It was really it bad. Was, it was him and Danny DeVito, right? Yes. Was it Danny DeVito? Yeah, it him was and, Danny DeVito. Because him and Danny DeVito yeah.
1: were twins. Yes, yeah, it's so bad. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito were twins. Yes.
0: And he gets pregnant. How? It's like, what? <laughs> it's why really why? bad
1: really bad who, who there's a lot of these there's a lot of that in the 90s there's a lot of that when it comes to 90s film i don't know why but for whatever reason like from around
0: then you have like people like sean claude van damme who did all of your action tropes but he did it more from it wasn't goofy it was real he was trying to be serious from a yeah. martial arts perspective yeah Fine. I actually enjoyed a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. He's A good. lot of them. Yeah. yeah. Lionheart, The Quest, Bloodsport. Like, these are good films if you like martial arts movies. Um, they're wicked tropey. They're wicked on the nose. They are probably full of holes left and right. I mean, full of holes left and right. Um, speaking of Jean-Claude Van Damme, do you realize that they're doing a new... A new um, Street Fighter movie are they really I'm not sure if they're going to do it with they're probably not going to use Sean Claude Van Dam because he's like old yeah Um. but yeah they're wow. going to do a new Street Fighter movie so we'll see how that goes but <laughs> okay
1: I guess I, yeah I guess we will that's wild that's why I didn't know that they were doing another Street Fighter that's why wow Street Fighter came out in 94 <laughs>
0: wow yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. It was so bad. Talk about a cheesy film. That what movie was, a, it was, was so bad. The, you know what? I will
1: speak up for cheesy movies. I am a, and the, make fun of me. I don't care. I am a massive, massive Godzilla fan. I love those old movies where they're clearly in a costume and there are toys and you can see the strings all over the place. I love movie like love that. It. Where love where it. it's just a dude in a suit and he's kicking over toys, models, and everything. I I think they're so much fun. They're so goofy and stupid and funny. It's it's great. I love it. And part of and another reason why I love it. it this this is even more goofiness. The English overdubs make everything so much funnier because it's it, oh, yeah. it's so it's horrible. It's it's awful.
0: It's, it's, it's so, so
1: bad. bad. But I still love them.
0: Oh my! God. Japanese Japanese film the the Japanese film industry wasn't like up to par back then. Like it was a little behind the times. Yeah, <laughs> you, you think like, old school Jackie Chan movies? Like, oh wow! Like, yeah, with that was bad. Yeah, like, it was even bad when he first came. To, like in Rumble in the Bronx it was his first American shot movie. Even the dubbing in that wasn't the best. No, but before that, like he had Drunken Master, he had all these other films, and you're just like, yeah, it just it looks really bad. Yeah, but it you're not really you're not
1: watching you're not watching Jackie Chan movies for the the dialogue. You're
0: watching it because you want to see him do what he does. Arts. Yeah, and you're not watching Godzilla for the dialogue. You're doing it because you want to see Godzilla fight giant ants, yes, or <laughs> fight the Mothman, yes, you know, yes. That's why. And what I love is everyone thinks Godzilla's the bad guy. No. No. Nine out of ten times, he's the good guy. He's the good guy.
1: Right. And the monsters (laughs) that come and attack him are the bad. I thought what they did, what they're currently doing with um. So what they they did Godzilla, and then they did, then they did uh, Skull Island, and then they did um King of the Monsters. Um, I thought all three of those movies were fantastic. They stuck they stuck to a lot of the original stories of like the origins of Godzilla and even like the villains or, or the the bad monsters that he faces. Like I everything that they did with those movies, you can tell the people who are doing them actually care about the product, which always always gets my love, appreciation, and respect. I They're i doing
0: a part two. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Of Godzilla and King Kong. It, okay. I yeah okay yeah i know i don't know why because we're in this season now of hey we have a universe everything Let's has to be going. a
1: universe yeah yeah what i will say the one and done film? I, I know yeah i was just done about done. to say that i miss the one and done films i miss the one and done films i think eventually it'll go
0: back I think eventually I know, it'll Matrix, go back. The Matrix really started this off, in my opinion. Um, When The Matrix came out, everyone was expecting one and done. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're going to do two and three, because it's a universe. Oh. Uh, I, yeah, I kind of, yeah. And it wasn't even back in the day that you had, you had um, Indiana Jones. Aside from Star Wars and Star Trek, you had Indiana Jones, you had... Back to the Future you had all these where they were trilogies but they weren't considered a universe where No. in this universe this happens the MCU really exploded that but, yeah um,
1: yeah as, as great as like the Infinity Saga was it it might it, it was I think it was bad for the film industry in the long run yeah because everything yeah. is trying to do that now yeah you're right you're right. Yeah. yeah, I agree.
0: Including Star Wars.
1: Yeah, including Star Wars. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely so, right. You're absolutely right. Well listen, I'm ready
0: to crash.
1: Cause no, I know what you mean. I'm going to get going myself. So. All right. Well, well, well thanks I for joining talking us.
0: talking about this movie. It was fantastic. I loved it. All right. So did I. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good one, guys.